Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually once again with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. Carter, how are you today? Always happy to be here. It's the highlight of my day. Oh, thanks, Carter. We're always happy to have you here. Well, uh, let's meet this week's contestants. Uh, first, we have Michael. Hi, I'm Michael. Um, I'm from the Bay Area, and uh, I went to school and sang with uh, this with Matthew. And um, I'm very excited to be here. Um, I feel like geography and history are going to be my strengths today. All righty. Well, thank you for being here, Michael. And we also have returning for I don't even know how many episodes he's been on now. It doesn't really matter. Um, we have Matthew Brown. I'm back. Yes, <laughs> it is I once again. <laughs> uh, thrilled as always to be back with you. Um, and yeah, excited to, to I'm back with my English breakfast. Uh, I'm excited to bring my tea and have a fun time. Very good. Oh, yeah. And I, I have a chai, but without milk because I ran out of milk. Very good. Um, I have in my brand new Eureka Springs, Arkansas mug, uh, some Earl Grey tea this afternoon. So we're all ready to go. As with all of our regular episodes, we'll have four rounds of questions today, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter will explain the rules for round one. Whoa, round one is our first general knowledge round, because we have five multiple questions for each of you. Questions here are worth 10 points each. If you get one right, you will get those 10 points. All righty, Michael, you're up first. Are you ready? I think so. Here we go. Question one. Alaska shares a 1,538-mile border with Canada. Which state has the second longest border with Canada? A, Montana, B, Michigan, or C, Maine? I'm going to say A, Montana. Um, it's actually Michigan. Uh, Michigan Ooh. has a 721-mile border. Maine has a 611-mile border, and then followed by Minnesota, actually, with 547 miles, and Montana then. Uh, with 545 miles because montana's oh. border is a straight line oh. whereas whereas like maine and minnesota they're they're a little squiggly yeah um okay. and uh, and michigan with all the great lakes i perhaps should have clarified that it's both sea and land border but yeah michigan has a 700 mile border with canada okay question two bronze is an alloy made of primarily of two elements copper and what a Bismuth, B, iron, or C, tin? This is for me? Yes. Uh, tin, C. That's, that's correct. Even though the Iron Age followed the Bronze Age, early iron, wrought iron, was actually softer than bronze, but disruptions to the tin trade made iron cheaper and more accessible. Three, polymers are chains of repeating units that are used in things from plastic to cement. Which of the following is not a true type of polymerization? A, free radical polymer, polymerization, B, reverse iodine transfer polymerization, or C, nitroxide-mediated polymerization. Please don't ask me to repeat those options. Okay, I, I think I got them. Um, I would if you I'm, need me to, though. Not much of a chemistry guy, I have to say. Um, B. That's correct. Reverse iodine transfer polymerization is a technique that used the element iodine to initiate a reaction. Sorry. Mm. Okay. Question four. In 1635, the emperor Hong Taiji changed the official name of the Yorkin people to what other name, which the group is still known by today? A, the Manchu, B, the Korchin, or C, 
the Minong? That would be the Manchu A. That's correct. And question five. Which of the following food slash chocolate brands is not headquartered in Switzerland? A, Godiva, B, Nestle, or C, Lindt? Um, A, Godiva. That's correct. They're based in Belgium. That's what I thought. Yep. All righty. Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? I am indeed. Okay. Question one. Which of the following is not a county in Texas? A, Bexar. B, Altos, or C, Houston? I don't think there's a Houston County, so C. There actually is a Houston County, though, of course, it's really? not in Houston. Sure. <laughs> um, it, the answer is B, Altos. I figured that. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Question two. Which Canadian province or territory has the longest border with the United States? A, British Columbia, B, the Yukon Territory, or C, Ontario? And again, we're counting land and water. Okay. Okay. Let's see. I, hmm. Yeah, I think maybe because maybe because of Ontario's position sort of in that like Great Lakes region and it sort of might fudge the borders. I'll go with Ontario. That's correct. Okay. Ontario's <laughs> border is 1,682 miles stretching from Minnesota to New York. British Columbia's is 1,347 miles, and the Yukon's is a measly 786. I don't want to interrupt, but we, we've had two borders where the number 47 has appeared somewhere in the, uh, in the length of the border. That we have. Chirp, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Very observant. I didn't, even write the, I didn't even write these questions. <laughs> well, those questions. I wrote some of the other ones. My brother wrote those. Okay. So, yeah. The Oxy student. Wait a minute. Did I get did I get did I get a Mason Cook question right? Did you that did. just happen? Yes. Wow. You did. And I believe that um oh maybe wait. Was the, or was that one my dad's question? That one might have been my dad's question. I think that was my that was my dad's question. Never mind. You didn't you didn't get a Mason Cook question right. Mason's question was the counties um in Texas. So uh, sorry. Um you, you have another one coming up though, so so you oh can gosh. redeem yourself. Um, okay. <laughs> it's not this one, though. This one was written by me. Question three. Who is the all-time Major League Baseball leader in career hits? A, Babe Ruth, B, Pete Rose, or C, Hank Aaron? Um, for hits, I think it... I think it's Hank Aaron? Um, Hank Aaron is third all-time in hits. Um, the answer is actually okay. Pete Rose. Pete okay. Rose had 4,256 career hits. Ty Cobb is second with 4,189. Aaron has 3,771. And Babe okay. Ruth is way down at 46th with only 2,873. Wasn't Babe Ruth like record for home runs or something? Um, yes, until Aaron broke his record. Um, he has 714. And then Aaron's, uh, Aaron surpassed him and got to 755. And then Barry Bonds subsequently passed him. Um, as we learned last week on Trivia Over Tea, uh, was 762. I actually saw, not when Barry Bonds surpassed um, Hank Aaron, but I saw him when he surpassed Babe Ruth. I saw that game. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah he would have been playing for the uh, Giants at the time. So yep. makes sense. Question four. This is your Mason question. What is the okay. only Celtic language not considered critically endangered by UNESCO? A, Irish, B, Breton, or C, Welsh, which is not considered critically endangered? 
How about C Welsh? That's correct. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and finally, question five. One of the goals of the Union Army invading Texas during the Civil War was to prevent what country from occupying Texas? A. France. B. Spain. Or C. England. Civil War. Interesting. Wait a minute. <laughs> I gotta go. Well, um, hmm. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I need to. I need to get back to my Texas history brain, like my, mm-hmm. my sixth, my sixth grade Texas history. I'm like, okay, so this is what have been. I'm gonna think out loud for a second. Mm-hmm. This would have been after the Republic of Texas, so it would have declared its independence from Spain. Well, then I guess Mexico at that point. So would Spain try to take it back? Or would it be like France trying to sneak in there? Would it be the would it be England trying to like do it? I okay because of the proximity to Louisiana. I'm just going to go with France. Um, That's a little bit of flawed logic, but the answer is yes, it it is in fact uh, France. Um, I got there. (laughs) You got there, yeah. Um, France uh, had occupied Mexico in 1862. um, And Maximilian was um, emperor, I believe, or vice Mm -hmm. or something like that of Mexico. Emperor, Uh, yes. Yeah, and the U.S. government was concerned that the French army would try to occupy Texas too. There you go. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, that's the end of round one. So, Carter, can you please uh, give us a score update? We have a close game with Michael at 40 and Matthew at 30. It's now time for our weekly audience question. If you'll recall, last week our question was, what Chilean author of the House of the Spirits was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2014? And that was Isabel Allende. And now for this week's question, in honor of the fact that over the weekend I was in a production of The Musical Company, how old does the main character, Bobby, turn in The Musical Company? So have a think about that. Send me your answer, and I'll announce the correct answer next week. Alrighty, and now it is time for round two. So, Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, in round two, you each get five questions on the same topic. Questions here are open-ended and worth 20 points each. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for 10 points. Alrighty, so the date that this podcast is being released is August 10th, and uh, that happens to be the birthday of a president of the United States, and that president is Herbert Hoover. So you each are going to get five questions about the life of Herbert Hoover. So, Michael, are you ready? I think so, yeah. All righty. Question one. Before entering politics, Hoover had had a 20-year career in what industry? Oh, he was an engineer, um, like civil engineering. Um, Can, yes, but can you tell me what industry, like what, what did, what what sort of stuff was he? like what sector? Um, Yeah. Hmm. Was it, I'm honestly going to take a guess here. Was it um, architecture? No, not architecture. Matthew? Um, Maybe like uh, iron manufacturing or something? No, um, he was in mining. Mine? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. Um, Yeah. Uh, And he started actually in gold mines. Um, in 1895, he was hired by Bewick Mooring and Company and was soon uh, sent to Western Australia to work in gold mines. He worked his way up the corporate ladder and eventually became a partner. In 1908, he became an independent mining consultant. 
His career in mining amassed him a great fortune, and he was worth over $100 million in today's money. Question two for you, Michael. During World War I, while working in London, Hoover established the Commission for Relief in what country in which he provided food for residents in German-occupied territory? German-occupied territory. Yeah, what country? Um, would it be Russia? Not Russia. Matthew? Did you read that one more time? Yeah. During World War I, while working in London, Hoover established the Commission for Relief in what country in which he provided food for residents in German-occupied territory? World War I. World War I. Would that be the, the Netherlands? You're close. Um, it's Belgium. Ah. <laughs> he crossed the North Sea over 40 times to meet with German authorities to get them to allow the shipments of food to Belgium. And when the U.S. entered the war in 1917, President Wilson appointed Hoover head of the U.S. Food Administration in charge of distributing food on the home front. And uh, Hoover then became known as the food czar across the country. Oh, that's right. Question three. The Hoovers' only official residence during their lifetimes is now the home of what university's president, of which both Herbert and his wife are alumni? Um, Stanford University. That, that's correct. Completed in 1920, the Lou Henry Hoover House is now the official residence of the president of Stanford University. Question four. In 1921, President Warren G. Harding nominated Hoover to what cabinet post, which he held until 1928? I believe it was Secretary of the Treasury. Not Treasury. Matthew? Secretary of State? No, he was Secretary of Commerce. Oh. And despite the numerous scandals that plagued Harding's cabinet secretaries, Hoover emerged mostly free from controversy. He continued to hold the position under President Calvin Coolidge, who succeeded Harding upon his death in 1923. And finally, question five for you, Michael. While Secretary of Commerce, Hoover was influential in government regulation of what broadcasting medium? Um, I'm going to guess radio. That's correct. It was a relatively new medium in the 1920s, and by 1929, there were 10 million radios in the United States. All righty. Matthew, are you ready for your five questions about Herbert Hoover? I am. Okay. Question one. Hoover is the only U.S. president to be from what state? Um... Hmm. Well, <laughs> um, I guess because because Stanford, I'm I'm pretty sure this is wrong, but I'll just say California. <laughs> no, not California, Michael. Um. Yeah, Nixon was also from California. Yep. Um. Let's see. Would it be, um, Indiana? No, uh, it's actually Iowa. Iowa. He was born in West Branch, Iowa, which is the site of his presidential library and museum. Question two. At President Hoover's inauguration on March 4th, 1929, what former president and then current Chief Justice of the Supreme Court administered the oath of office to Hoover? President, current Chief Justice. That'd be Wilson? Not Wilson. Michael? So he was the former president, current Chief Justice? Yes. So William Howard Taft. That's correct. Taft is the only president to also serve as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. Question three, who served as Hoover's vice president, the only person of Native American descent to hold the office? Yeah, that I, I, have, I don't even have a guess for that. <laughs> this is a tough one. Michael, do you know? So I know his first, I believe his first name was Charles, but I'm trying to think of his last name. Um, 
was it Charles Breckenridge? I forget. Um, no, uh, no. Um, you might be thinking of John C. Breckenridge, who was vice president for Andrew Jackson, I think. Memory served correctly. Uh, no, this is uh, Charles Curtis. Curtis, um, Curtis, Charles he Curtis. was a member of the Caw Nation and represented Kansas in the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate before being elected vice president. Um, I think we can give Michael, so it would be quarter credit in total. Oh, that's um, very generous. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So five points. Okay. Question four. Hoover's presidency was dominated by what worldwide economic disaster? The Great Depression. Yes, that's correct. And finally, question five. Having been increasingly unpopular due to the Depression, Hoover was defeated in the 1932 presidential election in a landslide by whom? Uh, Franklin Roosevelt. That's correct. Hoover was very bitter at his loss and was critical of the Roosevelt administration at every turn during the New Deal era and World War II. His attempts at a political comeback in these years were unsuccessful and, at least partially, discouraged by his fellow Republicans. Not surprisingly. Yeah. Gotta say, I'm disappointed at the lack of Annie questions in this set about Herbert Hoover. Oh. It's a song about him. <laughs> That's um, true. I I'm also it. kind of disappointed. There's one very interesting item of trivia about Herbert Hoover. He was fluent in Mandarin, and he and his wife would speak Mandarin to each other to, um, you know, you know, speak confidentially, in other words. Oh. Yeah. That's, That's not so surprising. Cool. <laughs> That's not surprising because when I was doing research about him this week, um, his uh, mining career took him from Australia to China, um, where he lived for several years um, before eventually going over to Europe. So that's really cool. Herbert Hoover, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that's the end of round two. So Carter, can you please give us a score update? We still have a close game with Michael at 95 and Matthew at 70. Alrighty, now it is time for round three. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes, round three is all like round two. In this case, you'll get five open-ended questions, this time on a variety of topics. Um, questions here worth 30 points each. And if you go wrong, your opponent can answer for 15 points. All righty, Michael, are you ready for your round three questions? I am more than ready. Okay. Question one. What interstate highway crosses the Benicia Martinez Bridge, making its way north to connect with I-80 near Fairfield? Oh, I should know this. Um... Let's see, it's an interstate. Is it um, 85? No. No. Matthew? Five. Uh, no, this is I-680. Oh, 680, of course. God, I, I grew up by 680. I, I just didn't think of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. It runs up the East Bay from San Jose to I-80 in the north. I just, I, I, I forgot how, that I ran up, up that far north because I would always go down south towards mm. uh, Pleasanton on 680. Yeah, okay. Got it, yeah, there you go. Question two. The 843 Treaty of Verdun divided the realm of Frankish Emperor Louis I, who had himself inherited the country from what person? That would be Charlemagne. That's correct. Question three. Founded in 2015, what conglomerate holding company is the parent company of Google? That's Alphabet. That's correct. It is the world's third largest technology company by revenue. Question four. Who wrote the young adult dystopian series, The Hunger Games? Um, did not read that one. I know, shocking. Um, you know, I once knew the name, but I, I, don't, I don't remember. John Smith. Uh, it was not John Smith. Matthew? 
It was Suzanne Collins. That's correct. Uh, the original trilogy released between 2008 and 2010 was followed by a prequel, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes in 2020, which apparently is being turned into a movie, as I learned the other day. And finally, question five. What amendment to the U.S. Constitution extended the right to vote in presidential elections to the residents of Washington, D.C.? Oh, would that be the 26th? Not the 26th, Matthew. The 27th? <laughs> uh, no, you went the wrong way. It's no! It's the 23rd, uh, 23rd Amendment. Uh, it was ratified on March 29th, 1961. Prior to that, the residents of the District of Columbia had no say in presidential elections, as D.C. did not have any votes in the Electoral College. All righty, Matthew, are you ready for your five questions? Sure. Question one. What interstate highway provides the link between the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and the Houston metropolitan area? I'm pretty sure you asked me this question before. It's, it's I-45. It's I-45. Yeah, I, you know, there's only so many, <laughs> there's only so many Houston interstate highway questions that I can write. Uh, yes, that's correct. It is I-45. It is the um, only um, major interstate highway, meaning it ends in a zero or five, to be located entirely within one state. You asked me that question in a previous episode too. I remember Probably. that fact yeah. from that from that episode. Yeah, I mean, if you've already asked a question one way, you flip it around, ask it there the other go. way, and then you. Yeah. I know all the tricks. Question two: On August seventeenth, eighteen seventy-six, what final installment of Wagner's Ring Cycle premiered at Bayreuth? Get to Dameron. That's correct. It translates to Twilight of the Gods, and if you don't want to sit through all four and a half hours, Valhalla, the Hall of the Gods, goes up in flames at the end of the opera. So there you go. Question three. What river, formerly known as the Zaire River, is the deepest in the world? Oh, gosh. Um, uh, oh, what's it called? Um, I'm just going uh, I'm just going uh, I'm just going to say yellow, but I know. It's not. No. <laughs> um, Michael? Is it the Congo River? It's the Congo River. Yes. Um, the Congo reaches a depth of up to 720 feet and is the second longest river in Africa and the second longest river in the world by discharge volume. Sorry, second largest river in the world by discharge volume. Question four. Hongaroa is the largest settlement on what remote island famous for its Moai? Uh, for famous for its what again? Um, uh, I'm... Guessing this is the pronunciation Moai, M O A I. Okay. Um, say, um, say the Philippines? No, Michael? Uh, it's Easter Island. Easter Island. Oh. Yes, the Moai or the Big Heads. Oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> and finally, question five What is the name for the elements in the last column of the periodic table, helium being among them? The noble gases. That's correct. Noble gases are generally reactive, colorless, and odorless. We're so close. Yes, a very good game. Uh, well, that's the end of round three. So, Carter, can you please give us a score update? We're so close coming in the last round. We have Matt, Michael at 185 and Matthew at 175. It's uh, now time for round four. So, uh, Carter, can you please tell us the rules? Of course, round four is our showdown, where you'll each get three questions, the same three questions, and we'll ask you to write down or make note of your answers, and we'll reveal your answers about the same time. Questions here are worth 40 points each. All righty, Michael, Matthew, are you ready? 
Question one. What American pilot was shot down while flying a reconnaissance mission in Soviet airspace on May 1st, 1960? Okay. Do we have guesses? Perhaps. Michael. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Was it uh, Chuck Yeager? Michael. Uh, Matthew. Sorry. I just said Lindbergh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, this this was a bit of a deep cut. Um, this is uh, this guy's name is Francis Gary Powers. Um, Powers parachuted safely and was captured by the Soviets. He was sentenced to seven years of hard labor, but was released in a prisoner exchange for a Soviet intelligence intelligence officer, Rudolf Abel. Mm. Yeah. Question two. In an episode of Friends, Monica points out that Ross was not the inventor of what dairy advertising campaign. Matthew, we'll start got, with you. Got milk. Michael. I also said got milk. That's correct. The campaign began in 1993 and the classic milk mustache ads began in 1995. The episode in question, the one with the mugging, aired in 2003. And as I learned um, while researching uh, this, the original commercials uh, had a, a thing about Aaron Burr in them. I'm a little too young to remember them, but Aaron Burr was involved. So there you go. And finally, question three. On August 10th, 1846, what institution was founded by an act of Congress and named for a British scientist who was its founding donor? Michael, what is um, your answer? You know, I really had trouble thinking of, is it Cornell University? Matthew? I just said the American Museum of Natural History. Um, so, so the answer is the Smithsonian. Um, so I think that we can give you half credit, Matthew, because that is one of the um, that that is one of the um, uh, museums in the Smithsonian Institution. Um, wow! Congratulations! Matthew. <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow! <laughs> that was wild. Uh, the Smithsonian was named for James Smithson, um, and the institution operates 19 museums, 21 libraries, nine research centers, and a zoo, mostly in and around Washington D.C. Um, I was honestly not looking at the scores when I awarded you half credit and I did not realize that that was just going to put you right over top. Um, but uh, Carter, that's the end of the game. So can you please announce the final score? We have Michael at 225 and Matthew at 235. Wow. You did it again, Matthew. <laughs> uh, you did it, Matthew. Wow. <laughs> have I, have I just got that highway question right. That was that I should have gotten. But yeah. Last. And we even awarded you um, quarter credit at one point, Michael. Yeah, um, no, so we're, yeah, Matthew and I are, yeah, yeah. in terms of <laughs> half, half quarter credit. <laughs> uh, Matthew, do you have anything that you'd like to say for, I don't even know how many victories that is at this point. Wow. Uh, Michael, this was so fun. Uh, so, uh, a, a great opponent. I truly a technicality brought this, one <laughs> to, <laughs> brought this one to me. So it's not exactly. No, you won fair and square. I, I, you, you were close. You were close. Yeah. But thank you. No, this is, this is fun. Um, let's do it again sometime. <laughs> no, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not for the tournament though. Yeah. No, not for the tournament. Sad. <laughs> well, maybe we can sneak both of you on again and see if we can have you qualify. Also, admittedly, uh, we may or may not have ramped up the level of difficulty for your questions. Because oh, did we have a lot of Mason Cook questions? 
the, well, you, you had your normal allotment of Mason Cook questions, but the questions that I wrote um, for you all, I was like, they can handle this one, you know, wrote a little more difficult question, um, some of which you got and some of which you did not. So, yeah, but it was well played by both of you. Yeah. So thank you for both being on. I, uh, I, I totally want to come back on again. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely have you on again. And Lord knows, Matthew, you'll be on again. Um, Always happy to come. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Thank you, Michael and Matthew, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music. Today's questions were written by Caitlin Fick, Tanner Tim, Andy Cook, Mason Cook, and yours truly. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. Check out our Facebook and Instagram pages as well as our Twitter account, all, so, all at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us on any of these platforms if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. So thank you. We will see you next week. Bye.